0: Some eye-popping quotes came out over the weekend while Aaron Rodgers was at his darkness retreat. That Green Bay may just be ready to move on from its four-time MVP. That leaves some wondering: How did this all go so bad so fast? If this is in fact the case, well, did it? You are locked on, Pat. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. folks Your team. Pop! Every day. Touchdown. You're Locked On Packers. pull the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And, Locked On Packers listeners, today's episode brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM. Get 100% free boost with your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. We had some explosive commentary. From Bob McGinn, longtime NFL beat writer, Packers beat writer, I understand that there are people out there who do not like the way that this was framed, who do not like Bob McGinn. Um, And then Tom Silverstein comes out and he has a a bit of reporting that says Brian Gutekind confided in another NFL decision maker league source front office kind of person that the Packers needed to move on from Aaron Rodgers. This is toward the end of the 2022 season and see what Jordan Love had. This is presumably after he went on the record saying he did not think they need to see what Jordan Love had that season. So this is very much a suggestion that the franchise would be moving on From Aaron Rodgers in that moment or that that is what Brian Gutekinst would like to do and you know there were some people who called on the timing of this that it happened to be when Aaron Rodgers is in you know his his sensory deprivation retreat he's in he's in the darkness as it were and this comes after the reports that he was going to be on his darkness retreat and then he wasn't yet and and that's that's really just a a, an opportunity for people who already want to discredit the media to say see the media doesn't know anything when it comes to Aaron Rodgers when this has been pretty pretty thoroughly reported almost everything with Aaron Rodgers has been pretty thoroughly reported throughout the course of his career he just likes to act like that's not always been the case this is not new and we can't pretend that it is. This is not just all come to a head in the last week. Go back to 2018. The Packers give Aaron Rodgers the biggest contract in NFL history and that season goes absolutely to hell. Mike McCarthy gets fired in part because the team can't fire Aaron Rodgers. But The team was aware that there were issues with Aaron Rodgers. That is the only reason Mark Murphy goes to Aaron Rodgers and says, when they hire a new coach, don't be the problem. Remember, Mark Murphy had consolidated power under him. He became the most powerful Packers president in modern team history in terms of not influence necessarily but actual actionable power the head coach the new head coach and the gm would report to him the coach would not report into the gm this siloing effect consolidated power with mark murphy because if there was an issue with the head coach he dealt with it if there was an issue with an with a gm he dealt with it much like an owner would so Murphy's saying this, and and the, the people involved can say whatever they want publicly about that being said or not said. They both have a vested interest in making it seem like they didn't say that or that conversation didn't happen. Aaron Rodgers didn't say it. Mark Murphy did. But I feel very confident in how that was reported. That that that, that happened. But even so. That was not the only bit that came out in 2018. This timeline is important. There was a number of articles written post-McCarthy about some of the the stuff with Mike McCarthy and the lack of um, buy-in from the locker room. But that was in part because Aaron Rodgers did not seem to buy in to Mike McCarthy. And then you you have Matt LaFleur. He comes in. Remember what happened. Remember what we found out later after the Packers drafted Jordan Love. That Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers and Brian Gutekinds did more work on Jordan Love than any other team in the league. And it wasn't close. Matt LaFleur was calling Jordan Love's old coaches In the fall of 2019, he hadn't even really seen Aaron Rodgers play. We go into that offseason, neither coach nor GM would say, we don't need a quarterback. In fact, they said, we were going to be open to every possibility. At the combine, Matt LaFleur was asked, if you're looking for a quarterback, what kind of quarterback are you looking for? He, He rallied off chapter and verse. Essentially, the scouting report for Jordan Love, someone who's going to stand and take a hit, who can create off schedule um, and and who has, you know, the, the physical tools that you look for. It was someone like Jordan Love, even if they needed to be coached up. Now, you you get through the 2019 season, okay? You get the Jordan Love pick, You get Aaron Rodgers' displeasure with it. And and let's be honest, the Packers deserve a lot of the blame for the way that that was handled. The, The Packers front office should have treated that situation with a lot more care than they did. I'm not saying this, I'm not meaning to imply that this is all on Aaron Rodgers. Clearly it's not. Both sides have expressed displeasure with the other over the course of the last four years. Since Brian Utikin's became GM and since Mark Murphy rose to power ultimately they are the ones who are going to decide this not Matt LaFleur who has been in Aaron Rodgers' corner starting really starting in 2020 because Aaron Rodgers comes out he's the MVP he says all those weird things in the in the post um game press conference after Tampa Bay after that loss about the beautiful mystery and about Um, you know, not knowing if this team is going to be together and, and no one seems to know what he's talking about except him because that's when this breakdown happens, when he wants out. Well, guess what the Packers didn't do? He wanted a contract extension. He said he wanted a contract extension. He said he thought he deserved a contract extension. The Packers didn't want to give him one. The Packers didn't initially give him one. In fact, never did in the 2021 season. They said, You're not going to retire. We don't buy it and we're not going to trade you. You're going to play on what was, when it was signed, the biggest contract for a quarterback in NFL history. Then he goes out. The Packers mend some fences and has another MVP season but there's the issue with covid that creates a firestorm whether or not the, the packers had an actual issue with that we don't know for sure but it certainly created a bigger headache and then for the second straight off season there are these questions of well will they or won't they will he or won't he you come into he gets the contract of course part of that is because we don't know what what Jordan Love is. The the one little bit that that we did see was not great. And so if you're the Packers, you you sign that contract. Even if it is begrudgingly, we don't know that it was, but even if it is, you you sign that deal. I think it we overstate or not we, but some people overstate how easy it would have been to trade him after 2021. I don't think it would have been at all easy to do that from a a management standpoint you have the two-time league mvp and you trade him i think that has culture trickle-down effects it has league-wide trickle-down effects that that would not have been as easy as it it we would like to paint it in retrospect to make it seem like oh this was a big mistake that they didn't do this i i don't think it was a big mistake that they didn't do it now could they have structured that deal differently i think so But then what happens? We get that report from Tom Silverstein. The Packers would like to see Jordan Love take a little bit bigger hold of the leadership of this team. Do essentially what Aaron Rodgers did. Stage stage a coup. Make everyone like you so much that if you became the starting quarterback, no one would really have a problem with it. And then all of a sudden, we start to get some of that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers the play falls off a little bit he starts to get a little more contentious with the media he starts to blame other people oh it wasn't it you know guys aren't running the right routes um i i had the highest grade of of the season according to my my qb coach uh, i want to throw it even though the run game is working there's a lot of little signals that are saying I'm 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 not I'm not acquiescing here. I'm going to do this my way. And if you're the Packers organization, I think you can understand from an outsider's perspective why they might chafe at that idea. The idea that 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 again, who who's doing the reporting, Tom Silverstein, that the Packers that Brian Gutekunst would want to move on from Aaron Rodgers, this is not a new thing. The powers that be at 1265 Lombardi Avenue knew the combustibility of Aaron Rodgers in 2018 when Mark Murphy ascended and Brian Gutekinst ascended. They understood at that moment. They planned for it. That's what Jordan Love was initially. Rodgers played them out of that decision. But now it has gotten to the point where it is now tenable to once again Raise this point. And that is why it, you're you're hearing the leaks. Because the Packers, I think, have reached this place where they're going, you know what? It is just time. And, and we're ready. And we don't want to make it seem like we're going to push Rodgers out. We want to put this all on Rodgers. But the reality is we're ready to go. And maybe if we leak some of this stuff we can force Rodgers to be the one to say, okay, I gotta go. You don't. You clearly don't want me. And maybe that's that's as simple as this is. Send those subtle signs, this is not super subtle, that you're ready to move on, and Rodgers can say, okay, you guys are clearly ready to move on. I'm going to New York, I'll see you there. And maybe, maybe that's what ends up happening. All right, we're gonna do mock draft Monday stuff. Coming up after this. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at the Ultimate Football GM. This is a great time of year to be doing the Ultimate Football GM because it's your turn to play GM. It's your turn to take Brian Gutekunst's job. A yeah, little Mark Murphy. You have to manage every strategic aspect of your team Play through seasons, lead your team to glory, and try to build a dynasty. It means hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts and all the ups and downs of the season. It's completely free. And Ultimate Football GM is playable offline. Play as you go, wherever you want. We created a Locked On League for you to compete against other Locked On fans all over the world. Choose the Locked On League in the app to join. Locked on Packers listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Locked On. Download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Um, Keith Sanchez, one of our new Locked On NFL Draft hosts, had a mock draft that he put out. And in this one, he had... Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, there are a a wide range of viewpoints on Smith and Jigba. I probably am in the the top 10% of people in terms of how high I am on him. And part of that is because I think his fit in Green Bay is easy. It is simple. It is seamless. And he is the ideal kind of player that they need in the middle of the field to eat up defenses while Christian Watson is terrifying them down the seam, you know, wherever you want to put him, frankly. But it got me thinking. The Packers, we know this, they they don't like to take first round receivers. Now I, I didn't want to put an Aaron Rodgers trade in my mock because last time I did that, I got I got uh some some grief for it. But I thought, okay, what does it look like? If you don't, what are the options if you don't take a receiver in round one? Can you still fortify this offense in a meaningful way? And this is, of course, with the understanding that you're probably going to want to fortify the offense more than just through the draft. That if Aaron Rodgers is back, you're going to want to sign a veteran. Even if he's not like Alan Lazard, like if Jordan Love is the quarterback, hard to imagine Alan Lazard is back. Randall Cobb is not back. So that leaves your your rookie class of 2022, essentially, as your receiver room. And it also leaves questions about what the tight end room is going to look like. So, okay, let's say at 15, you don't love the options. And I get it. Other than Smith and Jigba, I don't love any of the other options at 15 for receivers either. So... In this mock, I have them getting Miles Murphy, the, the pass rusher from Clemson. Pro Football Focus just redid their board. So these, these players are going to be in a different order than they were. They're, they'll probably be moved again once we get some testing numbers because some guys will test really well. Some guys will test right where we expect them to be. And some guys will text much, test much worse than we thought. All of those things are important. And, and I I I feel like I need to say it every year that the testing is not the starting point. The testing is, is the end of the sentence. It's the, it's the punctuation at the end. So you either test the way we think, period. This is, this is who Brian Brise is, period. This is who Jordan Addison is, period. Or an exclamation point. You got it and you crush it. This is who Miles Murphy is, exclamation point. Or this is who, I you do know, pick anybody. Let's say Bryce Young goes out and is 5'9", 175. Bryce Young, question mark? It's the punctuation at the end of the sentence. This, the, the heart of the sentence is the same. It's you. But it's, how do you, how do we inflect it? Period. Exclamation point, question mark. And the testing is going to matter to Green Bay because we know they prioritize athleticism and rightly so. So what, what kind of place can you still get value at 15? I went with Miles Murphy. If he's there, he's fallen to 19 on PFF's big board. I think part of that is because he is a specific type of, of pass rusher. We don't think of you know someone who is we love, the NFL loves, I I personally um am a little bit more agnostic on it, but a lot of people love twitchy edge rushers, guys that can just win quickly with speed, with all that stuff. That's not, that's not really, Miles Murphy, this is really more a power pass rush draft class in general. I really like Miles Murphy. I think he's a great fit. And I think the Packers are going to really like Miles Murphy. I think in a pass rusher in the first round, you can never ever go wrong with a pass rusher in the first round. In the second round, and with Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse, he was a player that I think people wanted to be a secret. NFL scouts thought, everyone thought that like they were in on this guy and no one else was. And then it turned out we got to the senior bowl. And everyone loved this guy. He played well at the Senior Bowl. It, I, like, this is not one of those things where all of a sudden he played well at the Senior Bowl and now he's a top 60 kind of player. No, no. NFL teams already thought he was really good. He's going to play tackle. He's going to play guard. I think the great thing for Green Bay is he could be either. If David Bakhtiari is not in your future plans, he can be a swing tackle. If if you're, I think, I think you give Yash Nyman one more year to prove he's a starting caliber tackle in this league, maybe his destiny is as a swing tackle. That's a really valuable player. You get someone like Bergeron. Maybe he can grow into that. Maybe he can compete right now at guard, and and give you an upgrade over over John Runyon. Maybe you slide John Runyon to center. Maybe you play Matthew Bergeron at center. But now you've you've given the opportunity for your offense to get better. You still don't have a receiver though. Still don't have a pass catcher. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this was I wanted to see okay the shape of this draft. Where are those receivers? Well, there are pass catchers on day two. I think I think. Middle to late round one, there's a glut of these guys. And so you hope that someone falls to 45. Is a Jalen Hyatt going to fall to 45? I don't think so because I think he's going to run four twos. Is um someone we're not thinking, a Jordan Addison maybe, or a, a Zay Flowers or a Josh Downs, someone that you might not think the Packers would take in the first round, but yeah, if they're there at 45, all of a sudden it gets interesting. That could happen. Now, in this, in this case, at um at 75 or excuse me, at 78, Darnell Washington was there. I don't know if he's going to be there in in real life. It seems like Don Kincaid and and um Musgraves from Morgan State are are getting love right now. I think teams are realizing, or or at least people in the media are realizing big, strong. There's a lot of these guys that are big, really good athletes and that maybe having more productivity is good. Donald Washington has only like slightly more productivity than I do. Now that's that's also true of Musgraves. But he can be a blocker right away. I think he can come in and and you're going to bet on athleticism. He he has it in spades. He's absolutely huge. He makes a ton of sense for the Packers. You haven't added a a dynamic pass catcher to the group yet. This is not someone who's going to come in and change your life, but Trey Palmer from Nebraska, I know he's he's smaller. But he's so fast and he can he can win vertically. I think that the Miami model, I love the Miami model. Just get a bunch of fast guys on the field, guys who can who can win over the top and and whose speed you have to respect over the top. So then they can beat you underneath and create chunk plays. It is so hard to defend all of that speed on the field at one time. He is someone who. You can line him up all over your all over the formation. You can run trick plays for him. You can you can win with him down the field. You can just get in the ball and let him go to work. But he's just small. Another Nebraska player, um, and and you know gets to come play with Samori Toure. I, I think that you you'd have something that you'd really like if you're the Packers when you put together a mock like this. You go, yeah, they don't have to have a receiver at 15. Now they didn't. Did they add an impact receiver in the draft? Nah, probably not. But they made the team better, and they still they bolstered the offense a lot. I am I am the score hundred agenda is very much still where I live, but I think this accomplishes a number of different goals as you try and make this team better. All right, let's finish up here, um, and I don't I don't know when we're gonna get an answer on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I wouldn't be surprised though if it's soon because now Derek Carr had the opportunity to meet with a couple teams, including the Jets. He is not, as of this recording, as of this recording, currently employed by the New York Jets. And so until that happens, I think we have to assume that this is gonna still be in play for Aaron Rodgers. Now maybe they come in and they kick the tires and they give themselves a chance. If Aaron Rodgers isn't available. Maybe it is the case that actually Aaron Rodgers is the first domino here. Not Derek Carr. That Derek Carr truly is the consolation prize. That Jimmy G truly is the consolation prize in all of this. And we know from a practical standpoint that is true. But whether or not the, the actions the teams make in terms of the order fits with that. That's something that we're going to have to wait and see. But. But. That's what I'm that's what I'm watching right now is is Derek Carr truly the first domino is he truly the first domino or is he because he is really the consolation prize is he the second mover in all this That okay the team that gets that doesn't get Aaron Rodgers then they get Derek Carr and then the other teams are left to fight over Jimmy G how does Eric the going to the commanders impact all of this these are all interesting questions that we can try and answer moving forward. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're working on trying to get a, a couple of guests coming in this week. So um, our, our, unfortunately we have exhausted our um, Super Bowl radio row week content. I hope you guys enjoyed those interviews from last week. I enjoyed bringing them to, I enjoyed doing them. Um, go back and check those out if you miss them, but we're going to have more interviews. Um, a lot of um, free agent focused interviews, draft focused interviews here coming up in the coming weeks. Um, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for another offseason with the Green Bay Packers. Follow me on Twitter Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, Aaron Rodgers makes a decision. We'll be there live on YouTube to stay Locked on Packers.